0: Van Den Dungen and Carl Reindler.
1: It's a piastri party here tonight on Gridwalk. Thanks to Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. Join the conversation tonight. Call 1300 736 736 or you can join us on the 40 Winks Temper text line, 0433 98 11 16. I'm Cameron Vanden We've got Carl Reinler and Sean Kelly also as a special guest again. He was with us in Singapore. He's with Carl in Japan. I'm in Melbourne, very jealous of those two. But it is all about Oscar Piastri tonight. He has got a podium for Australia. It's his first one. It's the first time a rookie has a podium in Formula One since uh, Lance Stroll did it back in 2017. It's a great job. He joins Sir Jack Brabham, Alan Jones. He joins Mark Webber uh, as drivers that got podiums. And Daniel Ricciardo, of course, who've had uh, podiums in their career. And it feels like a win is not too far away for that talented youngster from Melbourne. So remember, if you want to join in the conversation today, send in on the Forty Winks Temper text line 0433 98 1116. And it's really, though, outside of Oscar Piastri, it's all about Red Bull. They took out their second consecutive Constructors' Championship and it's their sixth overall. And uh, Max Verstappen, doesn't he just continue to dominate? It's uh, the 13th consecutive time he has won when starting from pole position. Sean Kelly's going to bring you more of those stats. We've got track limits coming up today. We've also got uh, some other special guests, Drama, Rumours, Socials, DRS, which is becoming a a favourite of mine, one of our segments coming up a little later on. We've got young Sam Wyatt, who's arguably Australia's youngest Formula One pundit. And with the rise of uh, F1 kids happening out of the UK, I thought, well, let's bring some of the very talented young Australian media pundits and put them on our show. We've also got a special guest in Joanne Chiconte, a very fast, rapid, young Australian female that's made it to the final round of the FIA Girls on Track uh, Rising Stars program. And uh, she'll be joining us at the end of this show as part of Track Sweepers, talking about what's going on in her career and how close she is to getting a Formula 4 drive. Now, Carl... Have we got you now out of the bar in Japan, and
2: how good is it? Are you joining my piastri party? Oh, absolutely. I am 100% on board. What a, what a great day for Aussies. I, uh, the only thing better is hearing the Australian anthem at these events. I've been lucky this year to hear it in other categories, in F2, uh, with, with Jack Doohan, obviously. Uh, and I don't think we're far away from Oscar getting that uh, win, if, uh, if we can get past the Max Verstappen factor. Oh, mate, Max Verstappen's factor is
1: uh, is pretty much complete and utter dominance. It's the rest of the race. Sean Kelly, thank you for coming back for another week and doing a couple of segments with us, mate. You're writing the stats and you just have to keep writing records for Max Verstappen.
0: I do, but before we get to that, you, I think your list of Australian podium finishers was one person short, was I, it not, Cam?
2: And I got this correct. He's tested
0: me <laughs> already. I was this. testing so Carl I'm, in the car. I'm, I'm disappointed, annoyed.
2: Cam, that oh, you. are yeah. were. So,
0: we're not angry, but we're disappointed. Uh, okay. So I know what who you're going to talk should... about. I know Go who on. you're
1: going to talk about. He's going to be a guest on our show one of these days. I've grown up knowing him very well. He's a he's a race director in Australia and a, and a clerk of course since 1985. You're talking you've, about Tim Schenken, aren't you? You've redeemed. Yourself Bing. straight away.
0: <laughs> yes, Tim Schenken. Austri- uh, do you know Austrian how Lincoln's I know
1: everyone? that? Do you know how I know that, by the way, guys? I actually Because commissioned... he
2: introduces himself, right? I am Tim Schenken. <laughs> that is so <laughs> place getter at the 1971 Austrian Grand Prix.
1: That's that's actually pretty true. No, I commissioned a painting for uh, the Australian Motorsport Foundation, which then became the CAMS Foundation of our podium achievers. And I think they need to to go and paint a new painting now. Charles Billich was his name. And they need to put a new face on it. Because Oscar Piastri, let's stick with him at the moment. Carl, how rapid has that kid been for years? And we finally see him getting his uh,
2: rewards. And he's in a rookie season, mate. He is he is a, is a talent. I think we spoke about this the very first episode that we did. And he's fast. He's in highly intelligent as a driver. Um, doesn't show much emotion, which I think is a, it's a great thing as a driver. Quite often the, the emotions can get in the way. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If you're an athlete, you, you can't let the emotions take over. He is so cool, calm and collected, under pressure. It, it's a matter of time before we see him win a race. I'm, I'm confident of that. And the way the McLaren's going at the moment with their updates and their progression, the direction that they have with those two cars, both drivers have signed, I believe. I think Lando's on board for another year or two. I'm not so sure. Sean's, uh, yeah, no, Sean's looking a bit funny. No, they're all uh, good. But... The only seat
1: available at the moment is a Williams uh, at the moment. But, you know, the contracts in Formula One, Carl, they're about as good
2: as contracts pretty much anywhere as, else in the motorsport. the paper that they're on. Yeah, just no, ask we, Daniel Ricciardo. Just ask Daniel Ricciardo, <laughs> who another Rosy who will be on the grid next year which is another uh, news headline which is fantastic result for uh, for Australians and uh, yeah I I have to say I told you so cam because I think it was three weeks ago you were questioning uh, questioning my uh, ideologies my thoughts on on why but but I actually had a really uh, interesting conversation with an engineer from Alpha Tori over the weekend had dinner with him on uh, Saturday night here in Japan over some some Ramen and some uh, sushi and and uh, he was saying that they've absolutely loved having Daniel as part of that team from a leadership perspective um, exclusively. He's fast, but what they really need as a team um, is that direction, a uh, strategic direction, engineering direction, and that's exactly what Daniel's brought to the table and why he's been employed for 2024.
1: Oh, you—you've been hanging to just absolutely <laughs> I have been throw desperately. those desperately. <laughs> Finally, I, I love well, saying "I uh,
2: told you so" to you, Cam. You know uh, that.
1: <laughs> Sean, can
0: you give me something? Can you back me up, or are you all in, in with Carl? Um, well, with regards to Ricardo, I'm I'm on Carl's side on this one. I would have actually, I I based on what I know right now, I might have been inclined to go with Ricardo and Lawson because I think I wasn't. I didn't have big expectations of Liam Lawson. Just been thrown in at the deep end, basically. And what's amazing is one of those moments where it's like, okay, well, we'll soon find out if he can swim at this level. And three straight results, 11th or better. Um, he's beaten Sonoda in this race. He's got AlfaTauri's best result of the year. Uh, you know, I, 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 would have been impressed if he'd done this with a full pre-season to just jump in in mid-season. Third guy in that car this year. I'm like, okay, i um, I hope I'm not jumping the gun here, but I feel like maybe we should be putting him in the car and not Sonoda. It's, it's I, an interesting one. I don't one. think I, I
1: like you two having beers over in Japan without me because this is what happens. You start ganging up on me. We, yet there was a certain element
2: of team tactics going on. We, we haven't discussed this at all. Um, <laughs> Lawson, in my opinion, is absolutely deserving of a Formula One seat in 2024, but that's the, the predicament that uh, Red Bull, as a conglomerate, have at the moment. They've got so many uh, talented young drivers at their disposal, um, and they do well, dispose of it let, quickly let's as do, well. do, let's do that.
1: Let's bring it... I mean, with our wonderful SEN and SENZ audience in particular, I've been doing a lot of crosses into New Zealand. It's amazing how um, much they're bringing themselves up to speed with Liam Lawson. But a quick shout-out to everyone. Remember to call 1300 736 736, or you can text us on the 40 Wings Temper text line 0433 98 1116. Now, uh, for those that, are, that have been listening into the footy show and are sticking around for a Formula One show after Oscar got that brilliant podium... The news is Daniel Ricciardo back on the grid for next year alongside Yuki Tsunoda, which leaves Liam Lawson without a seat. So the boys are saying Liam Lawson outperforming all expectations at the moment, and uh, and finds himself without a seat. So I mean that's just that's ridiculous, isn't it?
2: Yeah, as I said, it's a it's a massive predicament for for Red Bull. I I think he's deserving of a of a job uh, next year. He's proved uh, proved proven himself. What I can see unfolding, <laughs> uh, my my powers of deduction and crystal ball, I I think that Daniel may still end up uh, in a Red Bull seat next year alongside Max Verstappen, in which case it would leave a perfect opportunity for for Liam to, to get that seat in uh, in AlphaTauri. Well, Yuki did a fantastic job at his home Grand Prix this weekend. Um, That qualifying performance, was it, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, was it 8th he got in the end? Uh, He was ninth, I believe. Ninth in qualifying, qualifying, which is huge. He out-qualified Liam, uh, performed really well in front of his home crowd. Obviously, a boost of confidence knowing that he's been signed for 2024, but I I, I think Liam is a superstar. And and three Grand Grand Prix in uh, to be getting points in a car that hasn't been performing all year. I mean, what a legend. We'll we'll come back uh, and talk about that
1: I reckon we're going to do a bit of track limits at the moment We're going to come back and talk more Because there's some other drivers I want to talk about Some other things that might come out of the weekend Sergio Perez, top of my list after another weekend To forget for him We'll come back to that But uh, I think, boys, let's get straight off the top of the show I I, I don't think you're ready for my track limits, So let's get into track limits Track limits for Tempa, a mattress like no other. Proud sponsors of the Formula One on SEM.
0: Okay, that was a third stroke of track limits. You've now been given a black and white play. Is
1: Cam inside or outside the track? So you ready for my track limits, you two, sitting down there I'm, in Japan? I'm more what, nervous than sitting yeah. on the start of a Formula
0: <laughs> One race. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, so, okay, so we've gone down the path of Liam Lawson and I think I was right, the guy deserved a seat, so I'm happy there, I got a tick, you gave me a a a, a, a fail at the last one, I got destroyed by everybody outside track limits, I've got one that's talking about Ferrari, it's hard to talk about Ferrari after their result in uh, Singapore, such a great result for Carlos Sainz. But when you look at these seats that become available right now, you look at your choice, you're an up-and-comer, you're Oscar Piastri, you're uh, Liam Lawson, you're all these young drivers. In the past, it used to be, if I can get a seat with Ferrari, I will. I do not believe Ferrari is the destination drive anymore, and I think I'm going to go further and say I believe it's diminished or at least uh, um, curtailed the careers of Fernando Alonso, Sebastian Vettel, and now it's doing the same to Charles Leclerc. I think that Ferrari, with all of its dramas outside of the glory era of Michael Schumacher and, and times gone by, it is no longer a seat of choice. And Oscar Piastri re-signing with McLaren and showing and, and staying on in, in as part of that team, and on top of that, Lando Norris looking at Red Bull, I don't believe Ferrari's the team it was. I don't
0: believe Ferrari's the team it has been for a decade. Well, I might counter that, Cam, by saying Ferrari are the, exactly the team they've always been since forever, because politics and Ferrari go hand in hand. And, you know, going back to the days of Phil Hill in 1962, who, you know, he, they, there was a mass quitting. A lot of the team members quit en masse and set up their own Formula 1 team because they couldn't deal with the internal politics at Marinello. John Surtees getting forced out in 1966. Nicky Lauda quitting in 77. Alain Prost getting sacked in 1991, right? That was post-Enzo Ferrari, and they were in the doldrums and literally somebody said they'd just sacked the one guy who would have got them out of it. So in, in it's par for the course at Ferrari. You kind of know what you're walking into, and then there was that w- that rare person, Michael Schumacher with John Totens on and Ross Braun, who were able to make sense of the whole thing and turn it into a juggernaut. But the rest of the time, they've always been kind of faffing around a bit. And, uh, oh, here we really, go. So it, am, I, it, am I inside track limits, Sean? I think you, you are inside track limits in that in particular, that particular regard. All it's, right, Carlos, so where am I? I'm
2: going to step in here. So I've, I've had some time to think about it. I, I think, Sean, you make some really good points. Uh, for me... You look at Tim Schenken. Tim Schenken was a... He was, he was a Ferrari driver. Once a Ferrari driver, always a Ferrari driver. It's about the the legacy, how you're remembered at the, the end of your career. I don't think you necessarily go to Ferrari thinking you're going to win, you know, it's a, it's a given you're going to win a world championship. It's it's so competitive now. Like Sean said, the Schumacher era was, was a huge era of uh, dominance for Ferrari. Since then, they've sort of been in the hunt here and there, but they haven't quite got it together. I mean, Carlos... Performance last week was phenomenal. I put that more on him uh, personally. The way he managed that race was was just incredible. But I think once you've been a Ferrari driver, you'll always be remembered as so that. So for me, for me, it's about the legacy. So I'm outside track limits in your regard? Oh, look, I'm just going on the counter because. Come (laughs) on, mate. All
1: right, you can call in 1300 736 736 or the 40 Wings temper text line 0433 98 1116. Uh, Am I inside or outside track limits? Or maybe if you just want to talk about Oscar Piastri, how good he is, or one of our New Zealand crew, what do you think about Liam Lawson missing out on a full-time drive at this point in time? Carl, save up those bullets, mate. We're going to come back with more on the other side of this break. (laughs) Join the conversation. Text us on 0433 98 You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam van den Dungen and
0: Carl Reindler.
1: Gridwalk, thanks to Bedpost, upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. Carl Reindler, medical car driver in F1. The guy I saw lined up at the back of the grid alongside him. The virtual stat man, Sean Kelly. Sean, I'm going to put you on the spot here, mate. You've given me so many stats off the back of that race. Let's talk Oscar Piastri. It's the Piastri party tonight, the arrival of him on the podium, and I feel like a race wins not too far away. But a rookie season with a podium, how rare is that, Sean? And where does where does he sit amongst champions of the past?
0: Well, I mean, it is it is rare that drivers get on the podium in their rookie year, certainly. I mean, it's been a little while. Lance Stroll did it in Baku in 2017 as a rookie. Before that, it was Kevin Magnussen uh, was on the podium in Australia. His, in his Grand Prix debut uh, in 2014, but he's not been back to the podium. And, of course, Lance Stroll's career, you know, he has a lot of critics because, obviously, he's afforded a level of job security that a, the average Grand Prix driver is not given. Um, so uh, being... I would say being a, a, a good out-of-the-box is not necessarily a, a good barometer of whether or not you're going to be a, a legendary driver. Um, oh, come on, but mate. You're spoiling that, my Piastri party. Come no, 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 get I on, get I haven't, I, haven't I haven't got to the good bit yet, and that is that, to me, uh, my mind was already made up on, on Oscar Piastri before he got into Formula 1 because I watched him in F3. He was a champion in F3, and I thought, okay, great start. Uh, got into F2, and I thought he was doing a good job there. And then there came this sort of breakthrough mid-season in F2. And suddenly, after that, no one beat him in qualifying in the last five rounds. Pole position every single time. And, and he was just running the table on everybody. And and that was the point where I was like, OK, you get this guy out of here. He's wasting his time in F2 because this, cause this lot can't, can't get close to him. So you've got to give him an F1 right. So I knew, I understood what was going on at McLaren when they were wanting to move Ricardo out of there because I thought, yeah, they can obviously see generational talent in the Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton variety with Piastri, to the now, point you, where they're moving. Now you're move... getting my flavour. Now we here right. we, go. we so, hear a bit so, of Max Verstappen. Uh, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, I was I was I was already sold on that, and I I found I do a lot of hosting at Grand Prix events. And I had a lot of fans come up to me, particularly Australians, saying, "Are you sure they've done the right thing, moving Danny Rick out of here and putting this new guy in?" And I said, "No, trust me." trust me on this this will this will play out and you'll and you'll realize like oh right okay this is what this is what it was all about and i think today really was the first time where people can go wow okay this guy's like top draw
1: all right hey boys we've got a couple of texts carl sorry carl i I didn't mean to cut you off there mate. we've got a couple of texts and and i'll let you get back in there we've got jason i I had you'll you'll realize why you're inside track limits cam Ferrari destroy careers these days. Cheers from Jason. Thank you, Jason. I like when they back me in there, uh, Carl. I'm going to lead you into the next one though. Uh, I got one here from Jimmy. I'm late to the party, but did Oscar have precisely the same upgrades as Lando? Regards, Jimmy. So, Carlos, I believe he did. He has the same the same package. Uh, Singapore.
0: That would be able to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I interviewed Mark Webber last weekend, and and we were talking about how Lando had the upgrade last week, but not uh, Oscar. And Mark said. Yeah, it's going to be the same next week at Suzuka. So unless that's changed in the last few days, they're they're running identical specifications this weekend.
2: Yep, I haven't heard anything otherwise. I can. I think we can reasonably assume that uh, he had the same upgrades. So to beat Lando and qualifying and front row start. I mean, that's that's a phenomenal performance from Oscar. Um, Third place, I think. Obviously, Lando outdid him in the race. What was for me really nice to see in the race? And Cam, you and I were texting throughout the race. Um, uh, they, uh, you the were supposed time. to be like swatching from a medical car, though, weren't you, <laughs> oh, you? I am. Are I'm you watching, owning up it, to SMSing me mid race? <laughs> I'm watching intently, but uh, you know, you've, you've got time. At, you know, <laughs> don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> so, I, I, forgot what we were we talking about? We were.
0: <laughs> Oscar Piastri was
2: there. Oscar Piastri. He. It's the first time strategically for the team. I feel that they've actually prioritised him over Lando this season. Um, maybe it's because he outqualified Lando. I'm assuming that as much. But um, to pit him under that virtual safety car, effectively you get 10 seconds for
0: free, give or take. That's, uh, that's a huge win.
3: Oh, and my, also, yeah, I want I'm,
0: to add, by the way... Sorry, Cam. Uh, no, also you going, Sean. I mentioned at the end of F2, I mentioned how Piastri was unstoppable towards the end of his F2 season. Well, he's out-qualified Lando Norris in three of the last five races now. So now... If I'm Lando Norris and I see that trajectory in Piastri's career and suddenly suddenly Piastri's putting the manners on me, I'm thinking, and I'm sorry, Zach is probably thinking, this is the guy. This is the guy we, yeah. we brought in.
2: I wonder if it's so, a turning so, point for
0: Oscar.
1: So it was, a, it was a turning point. I actually, and, and he's my owning up, you know, I was on my message trails with uh, with a group of, of commentators. So uh, basically all of Australia's commentators in motorsport we're a very small group. We have an air message trail that goes nuts during a Grand Prix. And uh, we we were all betting on what lap Lando would start whinging to the team to let him pass because he was faster than Oscar. (laughs) And for those playing at home, it was lap 25. It was lap 25 when he did it. But uh, 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 that says to me, Oscar's in his head. You know that Lando is aware, the young up-and-comer, because he was the young up-and-comer. And and now as a team leader, he's doing a great job. Make no mistake about it. The guy's uh, second step on the podium. He was quicker than Oscar in race pace. So we can't just have our Australian uh, coloured glasses on,
0: like my colleagues at Sky seem to do on everything (laughs) British at the moment. Yeah, sure. I want to say, Cam, um, this is the first time that Lando Norris is in in a truly front-running car every week and under pressure because Ricardo, bless him, could not figure out that McLaren. And Norris had a very comfortable bed to lie in. And now Piastri's coming in and is starting to sort of be the bull in the China shop, as Ricardo was with Sebastian Vettel at Red Bull. I mean, admittedly, that that was a much more successful venture, obviously, because Vettel was the world champion at the time. But, you know, Norris has been comfortable. And now suddenly it's like, hang on a minute, this guy is not just close, but he's actually quicker than me in qualifying. I don't understand. Yeah. So that's... be interesting to see how Lando reacts psychologically. We, <laughs> we've
1: got a lovely message in... We got a lovely message in here about uh, Max Verstappen, and, and this is—they didn't put their name there, but I'll read it out. I think Verstappen was more worried about covering Oscar than Lando. Um, Lando is a nonny or whatever, whatever that is. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was it was quite interesting. Uh, it, it was quite interesting oh. to see uh, that, that people were saying. That it, and think about that. Off the start, Verstappen did cover aggressively off at Oscar, which
2: gave Lando a look at a, a race mm. lead potentially. Would love uh, love to see Oscar stick it up the inside into turn one. I mean, I don't know how that would have eventuated. Probably, uh, probably in my involvement, but. Uh yeah. It's... How much did you see of that from your view? You oh, had a pretty good view of the start, I'm, didn't I'm you? so far back, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, it's a very nice car we drive, but it doesn't hey, uh, accelerate as hard as the F1 cars. I've
1: got to, I'm going to keep pushing us along, boys, because there's something I wanted to talk about with both of you whilst I have you, Sean, because I'm going to lose you uh, in probably at the end of you know, the next ad break. But what I wanted to talk to you about was Mercedes. What is going on at Mercedes? Lewis Hamilton clearly opened up the wheel on George Russell and pushed him wide. George Russell on the radio there. Then the team um allowed Lewis through when George Russell rightly pointed out we can hold position and get extra points. Carl, I, I know you were in the I'm hoping you've had a chance to look at what happened there, but that is yeah. very un Mercedes like
2: So tell me, I, I don't uh, I don't have all the information in my position throughout the race, but did that result in a penalty for Hamilton? Uh, Sean sure, no I haven't though, seen it. I know no, they I know there, no there was no interesting
1: no further yeah, investigation on it if I remember correctly. But Sean, Only you they- probably had a better look at that. That's that's not Mercedes That allowed a Ferrari through, and there was people unkindly on my message trail saying uh, that was very Ferrari of
0: Mercedes. <laughs> That's an interesting way of looking at yes. it. Yes, so next week's track limits will be Mercedes. Are they? Have they <laughs> lost the plot? Is that what it's going to be? But I should say that, you know, Lewis Hamilton's now third in the World Championship, and he's got a shot at being the Championship runner-up this year. I know Hamilton's not probably all that bothered by it, but um, they might actually pull second in the Championship. And if, if nothing else, this season, I mean... Mercedes obviously are not going to win any championships Constructors has done it's a formality for Max to win the drivers but they could ruin uh, Red Bull's 1-2 in the drivers championship and that's the only thing Red Bull have never achieved in Grand Prix racing they've never had both their drivers first and second and uh, to me as if I'm Toto wolf, I'd be thinking well at least I want to wreck their party by making sure Lewis gets second in the championship and it could happen he's only 33 points off of Perez and Perez has been let's say phoning it in uh, a, f- a few races this season so it's not off the table I must admit I, I really enjoyed
2: seeing Lewis driving so aggressively for me I, I look at his performances this year and I don't think he's been driving as aggressively as he was when he was in the you know at his absolute peak winning multiple world championships to, to see him sort of swerving it happened to be his own teammate but he was driving really aggressively and it's nice he's, it looks like he's driving with with a bit of fire and intent again
0: which is so good to see. Mm. And amazing! So, so, somebody that'd be that motivated that, that late in his career. He's thirty-eight years old, won seven titles, hundred and three races, and still racing for every corner because he could be just sitting on a beach somewhere. Yeah. By now. I, but I, I, I right I am sitting the, on the a team
2: play, play. The
1: team play sit- was
2: not. Uh, didn't look
0: well, good. That's, did that's it?
1: the bit. That, that's the bit that I'm, I'm trying to get my head around. Like, they had to say to um, George through the race, basically, this is an order. It was George tried to to negotiate. And they said, nope, let him through. And then George lost his spot to, to the Ferrari. So you look at that and go, well, hang on a second. Carlos Sainz gets some extra points off the back of that decision. I think they could have held him at bay had George held that position with uh, with Lewis behind him. Admittedly, Sean, that's a very good point about the, the points haul and, and trying to get some more for Lewis in the position he's in. Um, I just wanted to clarify the message of a nonny, non-winner from Mark Northball when he sent back another SMS. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that. Um <laughs> A question that's come in as well is what are the reasons for the time deficit between Lando and Oscar at the end? Now, um, uh, Sean, you normally look at the tyre pace, the long tyre runs in in practice. Um, I haven't been able to get the additional information um, as to to what that could have been, but Oscar in his post-race was talking about the fact he didn't have the best race, so I'm assuming he just didn't have the car underneath
0: him on the hard compound tyre. Yeah, it did look that way, and I must admit I had the same... um Question: um, When I was watching the race, I thought, you know, Oscar's um, not quite as quick as I was expecting to be in this in in that particular segment of the race. Um, So, yeah, I'd be lying to you if I if I had the answer. Um, And that's probably a Monday morning factory conversation uh, for McLaren is trying try to figure out exactly what went wrong there, because you know you would have thought on the same strategy the McLaren should be, you know, sort of roundabout the same pace. And given given how Pacey Piastri had been to see it sort of drop off the table there implied that um okay well, that wasn't quite what we anticipated
1: all right guys we're going to take another break sean thank you for joining us for the first half of the show coming up on the other side of this break we've got young formula one pundit sam wyatt who'll be coming on the show with us and then towards the end of the show joanne Chiconti, a young rapid female driver who's on her way to big things internationally you've also got track limits remember that uh track limits thanks to Tempo, a mattress like no other and uh, if you do want to join us in that conversation, you can call us, 1300 736 736. And thanks for so many texts tonight on 40 Winks Temper Text Line, 0433 98 We're taking a break now on SEN. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433 98 You're listening to Gridwalk
0: with Cam van den Dungen and Carl Reindler.
1: And, Michael, don't you go away. He's been texting me in on the 40 Wings Temper text line. Remember, 0433 98 Michael, thank you for your text. He said he was going to go to bed. Uh, I do not go to bed, mate. We're on a piastri party tonight. He's on the podium now. What Michael wanted to say, though, was he watched the race. Well done to Max, but he's worried about it becoming too predictable for Red Bull winning. It's not a good thing for the sport. Uh, needs more teams to challenge Red Bull. Michael, you are spot on. Carl Reinler, he'll be uh, talking about that down the uh, line in Japan. But, Carlos, we've got someone that's looking to take our job off us in the very near future. One of Australia's youngest Formula One pundits, Sam White, joins us for a segment which we call DRS Drama Rumours Social with thanks to Sportsnet, Sportsnet Holidays for money-can't-buy F1 experiences. Access Sportsnet's exclusive travel packages to every thrilling race of the F1 season at sportsnetholidays.com forward slash gridwalk. Sam, thank you for joining the show.
4: Thank you so much for having me. I'd I'd never take your job off you.
1: Mate, you've got mine well and truly. Can you have (laughs) Carl's? Carl, can you have yours? Oh, I don't know about that. I'll fight pretty hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, DRS drama, rumours, social. Sam, you and I love to have a chat. We had you in our commentary box at Melbourne earlier this year. Um, let's start off with a bit of drama, mate. What do you got, drama?
4: Yeah. Well, we all know that there are ten teams on the F1 grid, but there is potential for another one. Gr- uh, another one team on the grid. There are a few teams that submitted applications to be on the grid, but three of them have been rejected. High tech. Rodin Carlin and Lucky Sons, but Andretti Cadillac might be going onto the grid, which is is unbelievable to have an 11th team on the grid for the first time in quite a while.
1: It's pretty hard to get a new team on the grid. Carlos, your thoughts about the famous American name Andretti joining the grid?
2: I mean, there's a huge amount of prestige with the name, but for me, the racing itself, I personally, I love the idea of having more cars out there on the grid. Uh, I think they'll do a good job of it as well. Uh, I think it's important that they But they're they, not in yet, though, are they? It's not signed off, it's not agreed to uh, No, it's so, not. Yeah, it's yeah. a rumour.
4: still got to fund the drivers, the teams, engines. Yeah. Still got to get those two cars on the grid, which is a lot but of money.
2: You, you mentioned the teams that have been rejected. I mean, they're they're proper professional racing teams already uh, that have a, in a, in, an equivalent reputation. You've got Carlin Roden. Carlin's one of the, the best junior... Um, uh, junior formula teams going around, also high-tech as well. So uh, they're up against some, uh, you know, some heavy competition there. I'd, I'd love to see more cars on the grid, though, more opportunities for young drivers coming through. I'm uh, I'm all for it.
1: Well, let, let's talk about, it, though. I mean, it, it is a drama for the sport. No, I'm staying with Michael. He said we need more teams to challenge Red Bull. Yes, we do at the top, but that means you need more teams on the grid. I, I genuinely believe we need more. It's a huge challenge, though, because you remember – the money that comes into the sport gets divvied up amongst the teams. So when you bring a new team in, you're diluting the value of what they can achieve from it. You also potentially make it harder for the backmarking teams. So there was a lot of people throwing massive amounts of money and they called it non-dilutive or at least paying for the next three years of dilution. Sam, I I know, mate, um, you're a youngster, but you love this sport with passion. Where do you stand on the team's ability to block other teams coming in? How do you feel about that?
4: Um, well, we saw back in 2012 when there were 24 cars on the grid. I mean, there was some great competition, like six teams maybe battling for wins, but there were also some really bad teams on the grid, like never going to score points. So that is the downside to having more cars on the grid. But I think in this in this modern day, I think if new teams get added with, with more money, I think they will be challenging up the front more than scrapping away with Alpha and Williams.
1: It is a bit of a shock, though, Carl, that someone like Carlin can't get in. I mean, Trevor Carlin, yeah. you think... I mean, when you were racing, that was the
2: team you wanted to be they, in. And funnily enough, here we are now and it's the team you want to be in. Yeah, exactly right. It, it is tricky. And, and for a team to start from scratch in Formula One as well and expect to be competitive, I mean, there's decades and decades of uh, research, development, lots of money spent to get to the level that they're at. They're all interpreting the, the current rules. I think that the sport's in a really good place as far as level of competition. You look at the amount of times. We had two Haas uh, cars in the top 10 in qualifying last weekend at Singapore. You've had Albon getting fourth places throughout the year in Williams. So I think the teams have been quite competitive as far as Michael's question about giving it to, to Max. I mean, Max is just driving in a, uh, you know, a league of his own at the moment up the front. He's confident. He's got a great car underneath him. Singapore, I think, was fantastic for the sport in that... Um, he was beaten uh, properly. And I was questioning last weekend whether Red Bull had started walking away from the development of the 2023 car and starting to focus on 24. But they've come out this weekend and they had, you know, in qualifying, it was half a second on the whole field. So, I, I don't know. Um, lots of conversations at the moment. But, yeah, I would like more cars on the grid as long that the, the precursor is that they are competitive.
1: All right. Now, we've got one down. Drama, rumours, socials. What else you got for us on DRS?
4: Uh, so we got rumours next. It's AlphaTauri. We know that in 2024, their name will not be AlphaTauri and their branding will not be AlphaTauri. The question is, what will it be? There were rumours that Hugo Boss might be taking over. Those rumours have been slashed. And it looks as though, I mean, it's, it's not confirmed yet, but the rumours are now stating that Adidas might Adidas, be... Hey? Yeah. Yeah, which would be – it'd be great for, it's like, young fans. Like interesting. You obviously know Adidas.
1: Interesting because I, I I may be wrong, but I think the former global head of Puma has gone across to be the global head of Adidas. Puma has had a big history in the sport over the journey. I wouldn't be shocked, but, geez, a clothing company, Carlos, coming in. I mean, when was that?
2: Benetton? That was a clothing company, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, uh, AlphaTauri is a clothing brand, a fashion brand in itself, but uh – yeah, I think it's, it probably plays nicely to the younger demographic that Formula One is targeting at the moment. So it's, uh, I mean, if, if they're bringing the money along. Uh, that's great for the team itself, but I think it's good for uh, good for everyone. So we'll see what happens there.
1: Yeah. So what do you reckon? Uh, would you go buy more Adidas, Sam, off the back of it?
4: I think so. I mean, with the young fans, like like Adidas is one of the biggest brands in the world. So everyone knows that. Compared to Alphatare, nothing against them, but the average. The average person on the earth doesn't know what Alpha Tower is. So. Yeah, well, I think it's a bit better. And you've got athletes as well, like David Beckham, Lionel Messi, huge mate, names. Mate, good
1: rumour. I like it. I like it yeah. a lot. What, what, what else you got for us on DRS?
4: Uh, social's next. Uh, I was buzzing about this Japanese Grand Prix, but I was not the only thing buzzing in the paddock. Uh, bees everywhere. Social media. Everywhere you look, there's bees. And in turn one and turn two, Sebastian Vettel, back on the grid. He's not racing, but he is planting bee hotels. And I saw everywhere. Instagram, TikTok. I didn't
1: even know. Look, I'm so focused on track. What is this bees thing? He's actually got a, a He's bees. He's got bee yeah. hotels
4: there. All 10 teams had one. All all 20 drivers were out there. Uh, they were all like decorating them and putting things inside so the bees could. Yeah, it was just. Carlos, was, you crossed
2: so the bee hotel, mate? I, you know what the only reason I'm across the B hotel thing I kept I kept going through turn 2 on the uh, the laps that we do each day on the circuit I was wondering why is the curb at turn 2 painted um, black and yellow, and every other curve is red and white. And then someone said, oh, this, that's where the location of the B hotel is. I think like, that's why I'm dodging all these bees through turn two. <laughs> that makes perfect sense now. And then I, I ran into Sebastian and had a quick chat with him after qualifying yesterday. And, yeah, it's all about his big push for, uh, you know, making the world a better place, the environment, sustainability, oh, etc. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good push. And I think Formula One can, you know, keep, should be doing as much as they possibly can in that space.
4: Yeah, and people will listen to Sebastian Vettel if he does it. So, yeah, it's great for the sport.
1: Mate, you're going to get an invite back. We're bringing this quality of content. Sam, um, now, the last one I'm going to leave you with, track limits. I know you're a Ferrari fan. You, I am, you yes. Colour, you, you, you've you nailed your colours to the mast a long way out, which you're not supposed to do when you're a media pundit, all right, mate? No, you're no, no. To... I, I know that, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? Does it destroy careers, like I said?
4: Um, It's a tough one because... As you know, I love Ferrari, but I think it's a bit of an overstatement. I don't think you're wrong completely. I mean, Vettel was better at Red Bull, and 2020 was such a bad year for Ferrari. They were, what, sixth in the constructors, and that led to Vettel going to Aston Martin, which eventually ended his career. And the last couple of years, Leclerc's gone from, like, the rising superstar to, oh, he was in the shadow of Max Verstappen in 2022, and now he's kind of in Carlos's shadow so, the so last couple a, races. you're making
1: my point here for me, Sam. So,
4: yeah, but. I think... You are in the lines, maybe one wheel out of track (laughs) limits, but... I think it's pretty spot on.
2: Oh, mate, so you've been I've awesome. Got, Yo, go, Carl. I've got a question for you, Cam. If not Ferrari, then where? Like the thing is, you're only as good as your last performance as a team or your last championship. So, you know, they might they might be having a tough time at the moment, although they've got some okay. good momentum in the Carl, last couple I, of rounds. But where would you go? I, put myself I, reverse, back the, uh... I reverse
1: card you right now. I reverse <laughs> card on. you and say, you're the race car driver. You're our professional race car driver. Yes. Put yourself there. Any seat on the grid formula one is available right
2: now which one do you take so it's exactly what i was getting to if i wind back the clock a few years along a a lot of years now to a young 18 year old Carl aspiring to race in formula one where do you go to you don't want to be the number two driver as well you want to kind of stake your claim uh you know stake stamp your authority i should say within a team so you kind of have to do the time I think as well. You have to go with a junior team, a Williams or an Alpha Tori, um, come on, mate. You'd go Red Bull sport, You'd <laughs> go
1: Red Bull first, you'd go uh, Mercedes <laughs> slash you'd probably go
4: Mercedes I don't, second.
2: I'd play second you fiddle. Red, See look, I don't Sam's here red with me you, mate. You'd
4: play second fiddle at Red Bull. I would I would say exactly. McLaren. Oh, I mean I'm with the, Sam. the spirit. It's great, the team, two young drivers, I'd go McLaren. All right,
2: all right. right. I'm I'm with you, Sam. I'm going to back you on that. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking McLaren is the place to go. They're in it for the right reasons. They're pushing hard. They've got really good momentum. Yeah, I'm sticking with my guns on that. All right.
1: I'm still taking out of it that I'm inside track limits, even if I've got a wheel outside the line. Sam, thank you very much for joining us. I'm going to have you back on another episode, mate. That is great content. I love it. We're going to take a break and we'll come back with more. Join the conversation. Text us on 433 98 You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungen and Carl Reindler. As we head for home, it's time to have another guest, a young female driver on the rise. After three days of grueling testing at the Porsche Experience Center in Italy. My next guest, 14 year old Joanne Chaconti has progressed through to the final stage of the FIA girls on track Rising Stars program. Joanne, welcome to the studio and congratulations. What a incredible effort that's been just to get to that final four.
3: Hi, yeah, thank you. I mean it's a great experience. Yeah.
1: Literally. So so t- Girls on Track is as part of the FIA's program to get more women involved in the sport. Yep. You've uh, made it into the the final four of the senior squad, I guess you'd say. So that's mm-hmm. to get a drive in Formula 4. Yeah. What have you been doing to this date at 14 years old? Tell me the career trajectory to get you to this point.
3: Um well, I've started in karting. Um most of my family and family friends were in karting and I've done that for about 5 years now. And finally, got this massive opportunity and just went along with it. And we thought it was karting originally. So, but then it turned out to be Formula Four and we got this massive shock and it was amazing. It's a good <laughs> yeah, so,
2: surprise, though, isn't it?
3: Yeah, massive surprise.
1: So, Carl, can you explain to Joanne what it's like to go overseas and throw it, like basically put your life in the hands of a team over there and run as a career? Because is it exciting for you,
2: Carl, to hear another young voice about to go off on a journey like you did? I have the biggest smile on my face right now hearing this. It winds back the clock for me. Uh, I, I wasn't as young as you, though, Joanne. I, I think I moved overseas when I was 19, and it felt like a huge step. But it's uh, it's an amazing experience. I mean, what for, for you, what has been the best part? What have you enjoyed the most out of the the journey so far?
3: Obviously, driving the Formula 4. I mean, I'd never think that I'd get to that step. It's huge. So, and, and so for you...
1: I was going to say, Carl, what what actually was involved so far? That Porsche Experience Centre when you're over in Italy, and you're going to go back to Italy a little later on, so we'll cover that off soon. Yeah. What was actually involved? So you've been at Carter, you've gone over there, not really knowing, just going with the flow. What what did they do? What was was the program?
3: So we also had to um, be tested on our diet and fitness, extreme fitness, um, and do heaps of presentations about what a driver needs and if you've got that, in in yourself.
1: Yeah. So the um, the driving aspect of it as well, did they, was the pressure on for times or what was it, how how did that work?
3: Yeah. So we did four sessions in two days, um, four sessions each day, sorry. And we basically just had to do the best time that we could get to. And we had a reference up from the last winner last year and whoever got closest was definitely the quickest and...
1: Yeah. How would you go? How, how were your times? Were you aware of the times? Did you have a dash? Could you see what you were doing?
3: Yeah, there was a dash that had all the sectors and it'd come up as purple in those sectors.
1: Oh, wow. So you're going fastest of all, hey?
3: Yeah, I was the fastest. And most of the girls I was competing with had been in a Formula 4 before and had done this event last year as well. So I was basically a newbie and I got the fastest lap every day and got very close to the reference lap, so I was very proud of myself. How's that,
2: Carl? I love hearing that. It's so good. And and tell me, coming out of go-karts into a car, how did you find that transition because I know for a lot of, uh, a lot of young carters it's a, it's a it feels very foreign it feels very different to drive yeah, driving a, a go-kart with uh, your chain-driven axle um, you know no, no real suspension and lightweight compared to a, an open wheeler like a Formula 4 so for those that are listening a Formula 4 on the hierarchy obviously naturally goes Formula 4 then F3 F2 and then F1 so it's a mini it's a mini Formula 1 car we're talking about here how, how difficult was it for you to transition to that car?
3: Oh, massive difference! Like go kart, there's a lot of trust in it, and obviously transitioning into a form of four without being prepared was a massive step, and took me a while to get used to it, but worked out to be pretty good towards the end.
1: It's pretty cool, um, Carl, when you think that you know here we've got a fourteen-year-old young Australian driver who has gone and, and put basically fastest lap time each each uh, each each day. And uh, next week, we've got Liam Lawson joining us on a call as well, who's a a couple of steps ahead of you on the the hierarchy. But um, what comes next for you? So you're into the Final Four. You've got a chance at a Formula Four drive. Is it uh, fully funded in the Italian series?
3: Yes. So if I make this next step, which is in November, I get a full contract next year with Ferrari Driver Academy. And Does
1: that feel pretty cool to say?
3: Yeah, bloody oath. <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially idea. after I've just absolutely panned Ferrari today, so that's going <laughs> to go well. Oh. Uh, no, look, this is this is incredible. So what happens next? Is it just a track shootout that you do or is there back to fitness and training as well?
3: Um, basically everything. They're going to test us on everything again and see how much we've improved. Um, and I reckon the driving is going to be more intense as well. We're going to be doing more laps as well
1: well that's awesome hey um we're starting to get to the end of our show at the moment i'm going to let get let carl ask one more question of you but motorsport australia's been awesome to help to get Mm -hmm. you to come and talk to us as well Um, where do we find out more about your career how do we follow you
3: on instagram joanne siconny racing go follow that
2: fantastic carlos anything from you in japan mate no well done joanne uh i'll be back in australia for uh, next week looking forward to it and liam lawson on the show Thank you very
1: much, guys. You've been tuned in to Gridwalk. We've had a great time and we'll see you again next week with Liam Lawson as our special guest.